it's almost February, and I don't know about you, Bev, but I love to spoil my pets on holidays, even the Hallmark holidays like Valentine's Day. Honey and Rue is going to be the perfect way to spoil my flock. Honey and Rue's monthly subscription box includes a variety of items ranging from things to add to your first aid kit, treats for your hens and roos, and there's always something for the chicken keeper. It's a great way to express your undying love for your flock, and you get a bit of a treat for yourself, too. So go to hennyandrue.com and use code DRINKANDFARM to get 10% off your first subscription box. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. I forgot to open my beverage right away. I was just like, <laughs> sitting here like, when is Bev going to say hi to me? <laughs> I guess that's a good signal that I need this beverage today. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. So what are you drinking? So I made myself a cinnamon dolce dandelion latte type Whoa. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. That sounds like there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> so it's actually really easy. It's easier than making a regular latte because I don't have to clean my espresso machine. I oh. am the worst and I don't clean it after I use it. So that means I have to clean it when I want to go make another one. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to have to do that. So I made a dandy <laughs> beverage, which is warm milk and a tablespoon of this like, it's like a powdered dandelion stuff thing i'll put a link to it in the show notes because i get it off of amazon but then i went like full on with it and added the cinnamon dolce syrup and whipped cream and cinnamon whoa (laughs) i love it because i deserve all of those things you do especially if you're not drinking alcohol yeah exactly so what did you open over there i opened a kentucky bourbon barrel strawberry ale Mm. Yes, it is very yummy and strawberry-ish, but it's not like a fake strawberry. It's like a, just a nice, subtle yum. That sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Our drink peep this episode is our friend Katie, and she is at Sticky Holler Farm over on Instagram. And fun fact, Katie is also the newest team member on Drinking Farm. Woohoo! We have, we're like real, I feel like we've just like leveled up. Like we're, we're kind of becoming more of a big deal, at least in my brain, now that we have someone on our team. (laughs) Yes. Well, (laughs) and it's funny, like I was thinking about this because, you know, like my internal brain goes, what is wrong with you that you can't like get all of the things done? But the truth is, I like, we want to serve you guys and create so many cool things for you that it's just not possible for two people to do it alone. No, no. So this is awesome. It brings more opportunity for us to do more things for all of you, our listeners. So we're extremely excited about it. Exactly. And it's even more fun because I feel like I have never met Katie in person, but because she's such an active member of our community, I feel like I already know her. So this Mm -hmm. is just a bonus. Exactly. 
So today's topic is, I don't know if we'll call it like a fun one, but I think it's kind of interesting and it's something that will, I think, benefit a lot of chicken keepers. Uh, I've been having a terrible time with this hawk that has just decided that it wants to hang out around my farm all the time and that it's his new favorite fast food restaurant. Ugh. Um, and due to lies at the federal level and not wanting to just, you know, break those, I can't take him out. (laughs) So (laughs) he's hanging out and I've had to learn how to work around he or she. I guess I shouldn't assume it's a him. Um, And I'm not quite sure what kind of hawk it is either, other than he just looks like a dickhead. Um, So he's got some choice names that we call him. Um, And I'm just going to refer to him as a he because that's just going to come out of my mouth. But I don't know if it's a he or she. Um, It's easier. Yeah, yeah. Well, So we'll just go with that today. Um, But I just want to start off by thanking everyone in our Facebook group. And over on my Instagram, because I asked for, like, some ideas of how to deal with this. And you guys gave me some really great ideas. And so we'll be talking about some of those today, as well as some uh, maybe fun or not-so-fun facts about hawks and different ways to deter them. So you guys can benefit from my issue that I'm having. Yeah, and I think that this is going to be really useful to a lot of people because we've probably talked about predators like in some previous episode of Mm -hmm. some kind. But uh, we're going to talk like very specifically about hawks, which should be helpful for a lot of other aerial predators that kind of Mm -hmm. hang around, too. So agreed. And I've been having this issue, I think, since like the beginning of December, we're almost at the end of January. Um, knock on wood, I haven't seen him in like a week, so I'm hoping he's definitely like migratory. Um, I know that much about him, so I'm hoping maybe he's just moved on, but I'm still being very cautious, but he's taken out like six to eight chickens. Oh my gosh. That is so many chickens. Yeah. That, that is like some people's whole flock. I know. Um, and unfortunately, most of them have been females. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, which, uh, that makes sense. <laughs> right. But it's like, come on, roosters. I have way too many of you to begin with. Like, do your job. But at the same time, maybe they have been doing a really great job and it could have been a lot worse. That's true. It's hard to say. Like, without security cameras, like, it'd right. be impossible to, like, know for sure exactly how right. they were doing. <laughs> exactly. But we'll start off with getting to know hawks a little better yeah and before we start we do have a couple of sources for this episode besides all of the help that you guys gave uh we took some info from morningchores.com and also backyard poultry from i am countryside so there'll be links to both of those articles in the show notes all right so as you may or may not know, sometimes the best way to co- conquer your enemy is to get to know them. So we're going to learn about hawks in this first part. And this will help us break down how to work around them. Because I'm guessing most of you can't resolve the issue in a permanent way either. <laughs> or you just might not want to, even if you can like go get a permit. You know, it's not 
everybody's thing and that's okay yeah i was gonna say there are options for permits in some states but that's probably not available to everyone Mm -hmm. so all of this info will be useful at some level exactly so hawk fact number one hawks can hunt anywhere interesting super unfortunate yes and some people might think that you know if you have like a long narrow run that might discourage the hawks um and there's a theory that hawks won't be as likely to fly into narrow areas because they prefer wide open spaces um but it turns out their long tail feathers can act as a rudder and this helps them to navigate and catch prey even in really dense areas uh, that might be wooded or have you know more like what you might think is adequate adequate coverage um so they'll hunt whatever they can find and they have the skills to do it um and and i'm guessing too like when it's winter and food is more scarce like they're more likely to um go after something that might be a little more challenging yep for sure hawk fact number two is that they like easy targets Ugh. Feels kind of obvious, but I mean, who doesn't like an easy, you know, I mean, win? <laughs> especially if you're hungry, you know? Right. That's why I eat ramen for lunch a lot. <laughs> exactly. You got that prepackaged to go food. Yep. Done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so some hawks, like the red tailed hawk, are known for hunting over wide open fields or pastures. Um, But that's not necessarily because they have a preference for those places. It's just because it's super easy to pluck things out of them. Mm. So I guess their motto is work smarter, not harder. Good for them. (laughs) I mean, maybe I'm more like a hawk than I thought. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So fields usually have lots of mice, voles, and grass-eating rabbits, so... They do make for an easy source of small size prey for them. And chickens on wide open pastures or, you know, in your yard fall into this category. Hmm. Hawk fact number three, hawks are prey too. So even when hawks are opening or hunting in open fields, they prefer to pick up small prey and carry them to purchase or they drag them into a thick brush so they can devour them in private. Um, because if they were to eat these things out and open, uh, they could get hunted by something larger, like a hawk eating bird of prey, like an owl, which to me, for some reason, I think it's kind of weird that an owl can take out a hawk. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I think it's a size game. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of those big giant owls. Yeah. Yeah. Size does matter. It does. (laughs) So in general, their preference is obviously the smaller prey that they can snag fast and carry off. Um, And I do think like now that I'm thinking about all the hawk or all the chickens that this hawk has gotten, they've all been kind of smaller. He's not going after the big ones. Oh, interesting. I was going to ask you that. So, Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. Well, that totally explains it uh, because hawk fact number four is that hawks are small and they're smaller than you think they are. Um, 
their four foot wingspans can kind of make them look huge, like giant kites soaring, you know, like through <laughs> the sky. And I think their shadows kind of lend to this um, optical illusion. But most hawks generally weigh between four ounces and five pounds, depending on the breed. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the hawks that pose the most problems to us backyard chicken keepers are in the one to three pound range. Pretty decent size hawk. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though they can pick up prey that are much larger than they are, it's a lot of work for a small bird. So um, they're pretty smart. They actually don't really want to do all that heavy lifting because it makes them slow and more vulnerable to predation themselves. Um, so they tend to pick up chicks, juvenile chickens, and bantams. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the perfect targets for hawks. Um, and full-size dual-purpose heritage breeds are not their ideal food source if they're smart. Yes. Um, but that doesn't mean that they won't go for them if the opportunity arises. It's just that in general... They go for the smaller birds. Yeah, that asshole got my Savart Hona. I think oh, I'm saying no. that right. But she's the last one I had left, and she was Aww. the first one we hatched, and it was like a $50 chicken because she was the only one that hatched out of the hatching eggs. Aww. So I was pissed. And then he got some of my silky mixes. He got some of the um the chickens that were born and like lived in the haymow because their mom was a bantam. Yeah. He's so he's definitely picking off the faster ones. And somebody told me too that, well, if you have black chickens, like they won't, maybe they won't go after them because they don't like crows. Mm. Um, and we'll talk more about that later. But and he snagged like two of my favorite black chickens. So <sighs> at least this one isn't afraid of black chickens. <laughs> yeah, thinking they're crows. He must be really smart. <laughs> well, I was going to say, they're actually pretty smart, and they have really good eyesight, so I think they oh. could tell the difference. Um, but I think that one of the one of the other reasons why they say that they tend to not go for black chickens is they're, they are a little harder to see than the white oh. chickens, like from really up high or like on their big perches that they tend to hang out on. So yeah. they like easier food, and the white chickens are just easier to see. So they go for those lighter colors that um, pop off of the background of you know whatever your landscape is and that leads us right into hawk fact number five that hawks hunt from perches uh the image of a hawk soaring down through hundreds of feet of airspace to a secure to secure a tiny field mouse is really true well kind of they can usually spot a mouse from about 100 feet up however for practical purposes most chicken hawks hunt from perches um because it's a whole lot easier than taking a 300-foot nosedive in the hopes of actually, you know, getting the mouse. Uh, so they like to hang out and watch for a while. And I, I definitely seen this. This this effer will sit on the post of the chicken run and just hang out. And that's about 10 feet off the ground. He also hangs out in one of our trees. And I would say that's probably like 50 feet in the air that he likes to watch. And then he'll go hang out in the neighbor's trees if we come outside and watch for us to go away. So he definitely likes to sit and wait. Um, and that's also why you might see them on power lines or in branches. Like usually when you're driving down an expressway, you can usually spot a hawk pretty easily. Just kind of like hanging out and observing a field. Um, just looking for, for lunch. Yep. 
There's one on the way to and from my kid's school. I see it every single day. Oh my gosh, that's too yeah. weird. <laughs> it Spooky. is super weird. <laughs> you should name him. I'm just her. glad he's not here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hawk fact number six is that they learn quickly. So uh, young hawks and apparently particularly the Cooper's hawk have a habit of targeting birds that are eating at garden feeders because those little birds make an easy target for hawks and they're distracted while they're eating i mean aren't we all yeah yep so the moral of the story is if the owner of the feeder takes a week off from filling it then the birds don't come back and then the hawks go away because there's no food So they'll find new hunting ground that has an easier, uh, more plentiful source of food. Ta-da! Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into how we work to outsmart the hawk or other associated aerial predator. So one of the things that you can try is to change your routine Uh, Because hawks like that easy, consistent source of prey. So if you let your chickens out to free free range on a schedule like clockwork, you're going to want to try to mix it up. If the hawk doesn't know when the free range will occur, he's more likely to go scamper off and find something a little easier to deal with. Interesting. Yeah. And I definitely have uh, kept the chickens locked up more often and only let them out when there's about an hour of daylight left which is probably kind of rough on them but it's better than them being hawk food oh yeah for sure Mm -hmm. and you know that's kind of how I've been thinking about it too because you know like I used to free range my chickens and now they're all in runs full time and sometimes I look in there out there and I feel like a little sad about that I'm like man they probably miss it mm-hmm. but I try to keep it interesting and I try to go out there and give them something every day so that they at least you know like get something cool um, but they are safer and mm-hmm. it also stops them from destroying all of the things that I was tired of them destroying <laughs> <laughs> so Touché. I think technically <laughs> they get to live a longer life in the long run there you go <laughs> So that's how I've decided to look at it. (laughs) That works. So the other thing you can do is break up space. So when chickens spot an aerial predator, they can run and have a place to hide. So you can do things like plant bushes and trees at different heights. You can um, build run-in areas. You can think of it like kind of like an obstacle course. But I will say that... Because this hawk hung around for so long, I think he figured out exactly where to perch himself on a tree to watch the chickens come in and out of the coop. And there's bushes on either side of the entrance. So this didn't really stop him because I think he learned the area well enough and realized, like, the chickens might hide for a little bit, but they're going to come back out eventually. So take those with a grain of salt like you need to do this if you have chickens and you're gonna free range but it's not foolproof yeah and like we talked about earlier they do have that rudder for a tail Mm -hmm. so even if you've broken the space up if they're hungry enough like they know whether they have the flying skills to get through you know whatever you've 
put up or obstacle mm-hmm. course you've created in your backyard. <laughs> right. You're just giving your chickens better chance at getting away. Yeah. Another thing that you can do is not let them swoop because they like to get in and out really fast. That's their modus operandi. <laughs> so one of the things that you can do is you can hang shiny objects because it kind of breaks up their field of vision. <laughs> so it takes them just a little longer to be able to tell whether or not the coast is clear. They're smart. They have good eyesight. They will figure it out eventually. But if they don't think that they have... Um, an easy enough path in and out, um, they'll decide to go elsewhere where it's a little easier. You can also hang uh, like netting up in certain places um, because netting will stop them from being able to get in from the top. Uh, But, you know, they've got that rudder tail so they can fly down and then fly under the netting and fly out. But again, If they have easier sources of food, they will likely choose that because they don't want to accidentally end up somewhere where they can't get out of. Um, So netting could definitely help um, as well to kind of break up that sky space. So um, obviously something else you can do is have a rooster or 20 like I do. Um, (laughs) It's not 20 anymore, I don't think, but it feels like it. Um, So they actually make really great hen protectors, especially if you have like a really big rooster. Obviously a bantam rooster will help a little bit because they'll make the noise and they'll watch the skies. But like, uh, you know, Lavender Orpington, like nobody's going to take Sir Lancelot out from an aerial attack because he's probably like a 15 pound chicken he's, he's like the size huge. of a toddler <laughs> yes exactly so they can be a great alarm system for your ladies and sometimes they will fight off hawks and i'll also say too that muscovy ducks i've legit seen my muscovy duck fight a hawk and win to the point where it deterred him So um, I've also heard that guineas are good, too, and those are loud and obnoxious, and that might be why. And they're also a heftier bird. So you have a few different options of things that might integrate easily into your flock. Um, Geese are probably a good option as well um, because they're a bigger bird, too. And another uh, creature that you can add to the farm that could help deter hawks could be a good watchdog. And it doesn't necessarily have to be an LGD, but it does need to be a dog that doesn't eat your chickens, obviously. <laughs> right. Exactly. And there are some livestock guardian dogs out there that will eat your chickens, especially if they weren't, you know, trained properly. Yeah. Um, so it's or- not necessarily the dog's fault, but yeah, you got to be careful. <laughs> Yeah. Um, one of the stories that I read online um, while we were doing uh, some digging for this episode talked about how she used to just take her dog for a walk around the chicken coop at random times of the day. So like she didn't actually let her dogs out um, and hang out with the chickens, mm-hmm. but just bringing him around a few times a day was enough that the hawks were like, eh, this is too much trouble. We're out of here. Yeah, and I will say, too, that just um, because we let the dogs out, but they're tethered, nothing happens when the dog is outside. Um, Oh. Yeah, it's always when we're inside and the dogs are inside. And usually I look out the kitchen window and there's a hawk standing on a chicken. So, yeah. 
All right, the other thing that you can do is remind the hawk that they themselves are prey. And you can do this a couple ways um, because remember, hawks don't like owls and vice versa. So you can head to your local farm supply store and pick up a fake owl. Um, you can mount him in your chicken yard and this will help them scatter and go away. But the key thing here is that, again, this isn't foolproof. You have to move them consistently otherwise the hawk's gonna get smart and say that owl never moves i'm not scared of it (laughs) (laughs) what kind of moron is on this farm um so you want to move them around um you can also do crow decoys they don't like crows oh hey yeah and there's actually we're gonna do a whole mini sode on this about how to befriend hawks because i really want to research this and talk to you guys about it about how to befriend crows yes befriend okay. crows did i say befriend hawks because you meant, did okay we don't want to be friends with no. the hawks f them we want to befriend the crows so we're gonna do a little spin on our mini sods and start doing these little fun deep dives into things that are kind of interesting or weird that we didn't really want to go on a tangent on in an episode um so we're going to talk all about that but apparently crows like live or decoy could deter hawks interesting yes so there's that you guys i've also read too and got advice that you can hang like really shiny things from trees and other places in your yard like cds or there's like scare tape you can get those that's been in the honey and rue box before so Mm -hmm. you can make your yard look like a disco and that (laughs) helps because they don't like that but i think that's another situation where you have to move that stuff Mm. otherwise they get used to it so that's another piece of advice that i got that i haven't quite tried yet um, because i wanted to work out some of these other methods first yeah Well, if anybody has anything that they'd like to add to how they have prevented hawks from taking their chickens, join our Facebook group. There'll be a link to it in the show notes and let us know in there because we'll totally do some follow up um, if we get enough uh, additional advice. Uh, That'll also be a really great way or a really great place to share your hawk stories. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll read those on a mini-sode if you give us permission. So we would love to hear your stories about how you've dealt with um, aerial predators or hawks um, or anything like that on your farm. So now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. Yay! So, Bev, what can't you even about this week? Okay, so I don't know if anybody else followed this saga. I have no idea why Google News thought that this was something that I just absolutely had to have. But there was a pigeon in Australia (gasps) that was going to be killed. Yes! Because it was wearing a leg tag uh, that was from the U.S. So there were like all these crazy theories flying around about how this racing pigeon made it all the way from Oregon to Australia. Because like, I don't know if you've seen a map lately, but that's like super far far. (laughs) for a pigeon to fly. So they were like, maybe it got on a cargo ship or whatever. Well, so I was following this because I was like... Why does the poor pigeon have to die? Because Australia was going to euthanize the uh, pigeon. Because I don't know if you know this, but Australia has like really strict Mm -hmm. um, laws about um, bringing in 
animals from outside mm-hmm. of Australia because they pose biosecurity risks. Right. I mean, it's super obvious uh, that that would be the case. Um, and so the thinking was like, we need to destroy this pigeon because he's from the U.S. and he might bring some weird disease that then like destroys all of the Australian pigeons. And that would be super terrible. But it turns out the leg band that was from the U.S. was a counterfeit. Yes, he was wearing he was wearing a fake leg band. So he is not a US pigeon. They think he's from Australia. And he's actually he's not even the kind of pigeon that you would use for like long distance racing. He's one of those trick pigeons. So like none of it, you know, like really added up. And so it turns out that there's like this whole underground like fake leg band thing for (laughs) professional pigeons. Professional pigeons. I'm an amateur pigeon. What are you? A professional pigeon. Wasn't his name Joe too? And like yes. that was super bad timing with like the inauguration. Well, like we're gonna euthanize Joe. I know, right? Well, and actually, it turns out the person that found the pigeon in his backyard, he named the pigeon Joe like on purpose. He, he like, yeah, he well, I don't know if it was like malicious or anything, but he like. Because it was in December when he was found. So he, yeah, so he had named him Joe because he was the president-elect of the U.S. So that was like, and and it it was wearing a a U.S. leg band. So that's why he named him Joe. (laughs) It turns out, though, that since it was fake, they think he's from Australia. So he's not going to be euthanized. So Joe the Pigeon gets to live. But the article is really funny. It's like crazy long. So I didn't want to read like any of it. But uh, I'll link to it in the show notes. So if anybody did not hear the Joe the Pigeon saga, you can get all caught up. But I followed it for like a week. (laughs) Well, I I started following it and then I never circled back. So I'm so glad that you finished the story for me because like, once I saw World Australia on your camp, and I was like, what the hell is she going to talk about? So I'm like actually really excited that you finished that for me. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so what's your can't even this week? Um, mine is not farm related, but it's Bev related. Um, oh, hey. My husband bought Girl Scout cookies because oh. we get emails from Aurora, Beth's daughter, <laughs> and we're like, shit, it's Girl Scout cookie season. So I'm like, he's ordering a reasonable amount of cookies. No, he ordered four boxes of, no, maybe six boxes of Tagalongs. Oh my god, Four boxes of Thin Mints and two boxes of Samoas. And I'm on like, I'm not, I'm not calling it a diet, but I'm doing Noom. So like nothing's off limits, so it's fine. But man, it is hard after you haven't had Girl Scout cookies for like probably like nine months, maybe, to like moderate yourself with a box of Thin Mints. Like I can't. And he got four boxes of Thin Mints, and like now that I know I like Samoas while I drink coffee, like oh, it's so a whole good. thing in the morning. But <laughs> but yeah, so I can't even that like if Aurora's in some kind of contest, like he probably made her win it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for buying cookies yeah, from Aurora. She's yeah. she's actually doing pretty good. She's getting close to her goal, I think. Oh, so I think God. that she might actually hit her goal this year, which is pretty exciting for her. She's been working hard for it this year, too, because she's a little older, so she's not just relying on me and Facebook to sell cookies. <laughs> well, I mean, if you guys need a dealer, just hit Bev up on Instagram. Yeah, watch. send me a message. I'll send you her link. I don't want to like post it publicly or anything, because that's like, against the rules. Oh, um, don't but if anybody... 
Yeah, you don't want to break the rules. So if anybody wants them and they don't already have a local cookie hookup, dealer. just shoot me a note. <laughs> yeah, dealer, I'll send you the link because um, they'll ship them to you, uh, which yeah. is super cool. And you get them before I do. But I still have cookies in the freezer from last year um, <laughs> because I am the head of the cookie mafia for our local area. I b- end up buying the leftovers. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So like I'll probably end up buying like fifty boxes this year. Oh wow. It's, yeah. So I buy a lot. But I mean, like the troop can't do anything with them and so it's mostly a donation right. to the troop. And we have cookies all all year because I put them in the freezer. So <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I'm sure that like COVID complicates things with selling cookies too, like just hanging out outside of Walmart or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. especially when it's this cold, too, on top of that. Like, man. yeah. So I'm very grateful that they ship and how fast they ship, too. It's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. When you buy them for shipping, you get them before we do. I don't pick up the cookies until February 12th. Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah so if you want cookies fast, that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. And if you need a shit ton of cookies fast, that's a great way to do it, too. Yeah. Apparently, we need... Like, an apocalypse is going to happen. Like, <laughs> I mean, they do only come out once a year. So, I to know. be fair. To be fair. <laughs> so, make sure you send us your can't evens. You can do that by posting them in the Facebook group or sending them via Facebook Messenger or Instagram. Or you can email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. And be sure and leave us a review because every week we read one of your wonderful reviews from Apple Podcasts and the person whose review we read gets entered into a monthly drawing for a super cool exclusive coffee mug. Mm -hmm. So would you like to read our review this week? Sure. Our review this week is from Aaron with an A, Sandora. And the title is My Favorite Podcast, which that right there is enough to make my heart sing. Somebody Mm -hmm. calls us their favorite. Um, But this individual says, this is the only podcast I am subscribed to that I don't skip episodes. I came from the I came for the farm stories, but have expanded the drinks I try as a result. This is so down to earth funny and embarrassingly relatable i only wish it was twice a week my favorite part is embarrassingly (laughs) relatable i read that and i was like yes (laughs) i feel like that could be one of our shirts of the month is just like the text embarrassingly relatable (laughs) yes oh my god we're on it we're on it (laughs) yeah so thank you aaron with an a we appreciate your review Oh, yes, we sure do. So just a few housekeeping items. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen, because this helps more people like you find us. And share this episode over on Instagram for us. We would absolutely love it. It helps more people find our podcast. And as a thank you, if you tag us in your share so that we see it and let us know that you shared, we will send you a promo code that is good for our merch shop so you can pick up one of our new styles. We've got some pretty cool stuff in there right now. Yes, we do. And we're like, we're like on it this year. So you guys have to check it out. Oh, yeah. There will be new, a new shirt of the month dropping very, very shortly. Yes. And it's so cute. It is. All right. So that's it, guys. Yeah. 
yeah make sure you take a look at the show notes find links to articles we discussed all that other stuff that you can get to that's ours that's super cool yeah it's all there it's all Uh, there and it's at drinkandfarm.com slash 146 we're trying to make it easier to get to our podcast episode so we we do that every week now our goal is to make your lives more easier and entertaining yeah yeah and fun yeah because that's us entertaining and fun (laughs) and easier we're easy (laughs) what (laughs) no just easier not easy (laughs) okay and on that note until next time drink farm and give zero clucks bye guys bye we drink things we farm things we drink and farm Guys, I don't know if you've heard yet, but Grubbly's has feed, and it has the right ingredients for your laying hens and ducks. Grubbly Layer Feed is the world's first naturally balanced feed made with farm-grown insect protein and plant-based ingredients, empowering you to feed your flock the way nature intended. No fish, no soy, no fillers. With a healthy mix of grub and plant-based protein, essential amino acids, vitamins, and minerals, your feathered family will stay strong, healthy, and happy. So head on over to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order.